Welcome back. This is From Distance. It's March 5th. This is Mayor. Uh, I'm joined always by my, by my co-host, Brandon. Brandon, how's it going? What's up? It's going good. How Dude, how's, how's New York, man? It's it's cold as shit up there, huh? <laughs> yeah, so I was thinking about this the other day, actually. We don't really talk about how we do this pod from across the country, but um, I've had I had an interesting experience recently. Um, so I don't I don't know if you know, but riding the subway is not the greatest experience, and so I have to do that every day. Gotten used to it, throwing some AirPods, listening to podcasts, it's not a big deal. But literally two times in the past week, I've gotten this alert on my phone because it texts me if the train's going to be delayed, just so I know. But this alert has said, train delays. Someone at the train is holding the train doors open. And I have been running the scenarios through my head because essentially what they're telling me is the train's not running because someone is sitting there holding the doors open. And I don't know if you've seen the subway in New York, but those doors are pretty strong and they're not just like automatic doors. Like there's literally a person that presses a button to close the doors. And so I'm just imagining all types of scenarios is this man trying to get a friend that's 20 minutes away to make the train the train runs every seven minutes so i don't know or is this just some schizophrenic lunatic that has decided his sole purpose in life is to make people late and hold the train doors open so it has been it has been a shitty train experience the last 48 hours let me tell you well that's new york for you man you can have like both sides of the spectrum of oh this guy's trying to help his buddy out that's late or there's a psychopath just holding the door open because he hates the world so that's that sounds like a really bad experience so (laughs) that sucks man hey well i mean i was just in houston last weekend and uh i don't know if you guys you probably remember if you listened to the last pod but i got a pretty drunk at this uh social event after uh, i got done with work uh that night and so i decided oh i'll go do the podcast no big deal so i apologize for the slurring last uh last (laughs) time but i mean it was it was worth it. I feel like I was a little bit more loose and and everything like that. So yeah, we gotta should, get you some shots before. before maybe I should just have like one or two beers before the pod instead <laughs> of four or five, like I did. But hey, yeah. dude, open bar, so you can't you can't turn that down. All right, well, cool. I'm glad we could uh, get that off our chest. So yes, like Brandon said, we are coming to you uh, almost coast to coast. Not really, more like East Coast, Central. Central Coast, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right, but uh, let's and so let's talk about the West Coast where we're not at uh, the Lakers. So the lakes, the Lakers are a dumpster fire right now. Uh, Luke Walton has there's rumors of him getting fired. LeBron activated playoff mode and he's two and five since he started that. Brandon, what's like that? What what what's sticking out to you most with this team? Is it LeBron? Is it Luke Walton? Is it the the young guys? What do you think it is? Oh, there is a lot, a lot to talk about here. There's a lot to love here. It's probably the most 
uh, probably the biggest story in the NBA right now. <clears throat> I my new favorite thing is all over Twitter, uh, people saying hate to see it when they really love to see it. That's become my favorite tweet of all time. Um, so I'm loving the memes of hate to see it and, you know, videos of LeBron not playing defense or videos of a sad Brandon Ingram high-fiving his teammates after a loss. Um, it's all gold. But to, to talk about substance, um, I guess we can start with Walton, the coach. Um, it kind of sucks. I feel like he's um, going to have to fall on his sword and, and take blame for this. But, I mean – they had this team um, almost entirely the same minus LeBron. Um, I know they made a few additions, which I think made them worse, but we can talk about that another time. But they had their young core last year, and they had stretches. They had stretches where they played really well, and I know we already talked about this last week, but um, Ingram and Kuzma are, are playing pretty good. So to blame the coach is tough, but you just got to gotta kind of look around and be like, okay, well, they're not going to blame LeBron. They're not Magic Johnson is never going to put the blame on himself. So there's only one person possible to kind of shoulder this, and it's going to be him. What do you think? No, it's it's. I feel so bad for Luke Walton. I mean, the guy is dealing. He's got these young new stars that kind of need some more experience, and then he gets LeBron thrown in his lap, and LeBron's just kind of on this Hollywood tour of, of doing all these shows and doing Looney Tunes 2, or not Looney Tunes, uh, Space Jam 2. And it, it just seems like Luke Walton's just been giving a pile of shit and he's trying to make it into a diamond. And I I, I think he's having the hardest time doing that. And, and of course, you're right. He's going to be the one that gets fired out of all of this mess. And he's going to be the scapegoat, just like a lot of coaches have on LeBron's past teams. I'm surprised Eric Spolstra uh, stayed around for as long as he did in Miami when LeBron was there. So it, it just seems like a lot of coaches become get under a lot of scrutiny with LeBron there. And I think that's what's going to happen to Luke. Yeah, with, on that note, this is, I guess, a good question to ask. Um, if he's out the door, who do you think comes in next? All right. So there's a couple possibilities. They could just, get, they could just um, upgrade. So there's an assistant coach on the Lakers right now. Do you, uh, do you know who I'm talking about? LeBron always goes to him. Oh yeah, the I've timeouts. Read, yeah, I've read that. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, maybe. But who else? Who else? Who else? I'll, Tell me about I'll, other options. I'll I'll look it up. I'll look it up when we when I have a chance. So, I mean, if you if you look at active coaches around the league, you it, it'd be surprising that a coach in a good situation would come coach LeBron. I don't I don't think coaches are lining up to coach LeBron. I think LeBron is going to pick his own guy or Magic Johnson will, and it's going to be someone that is willing to work with LeBron and is willing to let LeBron pretty much coach the team himself. So uh, I don't know, maybe uh, Mike Brown again? I've heard, so I've heard Ty Lue, which I think is stupid because they had problems in LeBron's last year apparently. And I've also heard Jason Kidd, which I don't know, man. No. And, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm I'm not going to claim to be like um, a coaching expert, but it, it feels like in the NBA, um, especially when you have someone like LeBron, that coach X's and O's coaching isn't, isn't as big of a factor as maybe in the NFL or um, even in the NHL. But 
I I feel like Luke Walton is one of those guys, and I would say Rick Carlisle is one of those guys as well. He's not; they're not superstar uh, apologists, I guess. They're not; their main thing isn't being able to coexist with superstars and get them to play the right way. Their big thing is X's and O's scheming um, and winning games with you know talent that might not be there. So it makes sense. Uh, I I. I don't think this screws him over. I think he's going to land on his feet. Go ahead. Let me throw you some names. All right. All right. What do you think about Kobe Bryant? Come <laughs> Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I, I feel like Kobe's been, like, throwing shade on LeBron this whole season. God, speaking of Kobe Bryant, reminded me of that interview he did. They were asking about James Harden and the Rockets, and you could tell Kobe wasn't even watching basketball. He didn't know who was hurt and who wasn't. So, I think I think that would be a disaster. Are you actually seeing a real article about that? Uh, yes, I am. I'm seeing. Well, I'm seeing an article for pretty much every coach, like yeah. Stan Van Gundy, uh, uh, Quincy, or uh, pretty much all the a lot of these head coaches. I'm even seeing a lot of like college foot, uh, college basketball coaches uh, being named like Mike Shazevsky, Shiz- Coach K, and yeah, right. yeah. I'm just like, yeah, right. I, who knows who's going to coach the team? I mean, I got to say, I, I you would think it'd be another Laker, right? So and this this is a really hot take, but I think Spolstra was just not a good coach, and I mean, we're seeing that now. Like, when has Miami been good? I think he just knew when to shut the hell up, and that's why he stayed with LeBron for so long. And we haven't seen a coach like that around LeBron since. I don't think we will because that's just co- – coaches are driven guys. They're not going to want to just ride ride the bench essentially, but I think that's what Spolster was good at was knowing when to speak and when not when you know he had a cast of superstars. But, yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised. So I looked it up. Brian Shaw is his name. He's an assistant coach. Oh, that's right. He's the associate head coach um, for the Lakers, and he won three championships there as a player. Uh, I'm sure he was carried by Kobe Bryant, 2000 through 2002. So that was back in the Shaq days, too. And then he won two as an assistant coach in 09 and 10. So – that's another dark horse I would think of, but who knows who's going to be the Lakers head co- uh, head coach? I would say that's the front runner, probably. It just makes the most sense. Yeah. So I I hate talking about another man's job, but it does look <laughs> like Luke Walton is going to hold his job any further. But yeah, let's talk about the players. You talked about it. LeBron's two and five since he came out into the public and said he has activated his playoff mode. By the way, those losses are like horrible. I haven't pulled up. It's they lost to the Clippers, who are man. Eh, the Clippers are playing me are good basketball, but you know everyone kind of thought that they'd want to fall out of the playoffs to preserve their pick. They lose to the Suns, they lose to the Bucks, which isn't surprising. They lose to the Grizzlies, the Pelicans. I don't think AD was playing. They lose to the Hawks, Sixers, good team. It's just it has been so rough. I mean, they're losing to the teams that they shouldn't lose to. This exactly. Sun, I mean, you have to win that game. So the fact that they can't, and, and I think I believe that was at LA, or I'm, I might be thinking of the Clippers the Suns, game. Yeah, it was in Phoenix, but I mean, still, I, still, they're they're the worst team in the league. 
uh, it's ridiculous. So it, I don't, it's hard to pinpoint who exactly's fault it is. I would, I would say it's more the veteran guys that can't keep up anymore, like Tyson Chandler, Rajon Rondo, and um, Lance Stevenson. Lance Stevenson. Yeah, this uh, is I, the this is the unpopular take, but I I know everyone wants to blow this out of proportion, make it all about LeBron, but we talked about it last week. I think at the end of the day, they and uh Rosillo and Simmons talked a lot about this in their pod, but they they picked they didn't pick, like they had a core of amazing young players. And oh, I think actually they were talking about the Celtics, but I think this applies to the Lakers too. You have some some pretty good young players, um, and you're asking them to be role players around LeBron, and it just doesn't work like that. Um, those guys, a, they're young and they need volume to kind of figure out their own game and figure out their piece within um, the team, but also they they're trying to they're putting their name out there. They're trying to to show fans, to show teams, to show endorsers that they they can play. So. I just think it's a chemistry problem. It's a personnel problem. Um, yes, you have LeBron James, but we're seeing that you can't just slot him into any team and expect, you know, instant success. Yeah, and and this is kind of why I like the NBA. One of the reasons is that you can't just put a bunch of great players together and expect them to win games. It has to be – there has to be chemistry. There has to be some kind of cohesion with the teammates and some kind of rhythm. That's why the Golden State Warriors, what they're doing is amazing. That's why teams like the Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin team, that didn't work out because they just couldn't get a rhythm going. And so it's it's harder than you would think to to get that. And then because LeBron is being accused, uh, rightly so, of wanting to trade his whole team to get Anthony Davis, his team hates him. So there's just not like a good bond. And I, I just think that's one of the main reasons why they're not doing well. And to get, yeah, to go back to your point, like everyone wants to be like, oh, well, the Warriors put together these superstars and, and they, you know, one of the most successful stretches of all time. But I, I think you need to look at the role players that they also put around, um, you know, it, when the Warriors are making deep runs and winning championships, like, Freaking Andre Iguodala is making huge impacts on games. Sean Livingston coming off the bench is making huge impacts on the games. Even when LeBron was on the heat and they couldn't quite get over the hump and they finally understood what it took and put some key role players around LeBron. And that's what got them over the hump. So yes, uh, optics, it's easy to just be like, okay, yeah, just put three superstars together and you know, you're going to have a team, but I mean, that's not necessarily true. Look, you know, the Celtics, everyone thought, oh, Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, lock, no. And you mentioned the Clippers, lock, no. So, yeah, I, th- I think role players matters, and I think personnel matters. Yeah, and talk about a team that's just really bad chemistry right now. Let's go into the Celtics, because they look like more of a dumpster fire than the Lakers, but the Celtics, Celtics are still in the playoffs as of right now. But yeah, they yeah. just they look like they should be out of it. I mean, they're losing all of these games. I'll ask you the same question as I did the Lakers. Is it Kyrie? Is it the young guys? It's so, def- it can't be the coach. So there's you know there's a lot of interesting and strange parallels to to these two teams, um, and I I actually do want to say I do think for the Celtics a lot more of the blame is on Kyrie than you know Le- LeBron and the Lakers, which is not the popular opinion. But 
Um, I just went, I was curious and I went back and kind of did some digging on Kyrie's stats and, you know, the Celtics winning and the Celtics haven't been winning a lot lately, but the last time the Celtics won and Kyrie played and had more than 10 points. So I would say, you know, a decent game was over a month ago. (laughs) February 2nd was the last time they won a game and he had more than 10 points. So, you know, you're seeing, you're, you're seeing the Kyrie that, you know, you, you know, these 33 point performances, but they're losing. And so, it, you know, it makes, it makes you think about what exactly what we're talking about with the Lakers, the the chemistry, the cohesion, um, when Kyrie's going ISO and when he's putting up points, is that sustainable? Is it who's playing defense? Cause he's not, you know? Yeah. It, and to draw like a parallel, James Harden, who's kind of dealing with carrying a team, putting up, has to put up all these points. He's making it work, and this is why he's a huge MVP candidate, and we'll get into MVP candidates later. But the fact that Kyrie can't put a team on his back, he can't throw up thirty a high 30 game or in the 40s, he's, he's just not there as a superstar yet. And I know he's got Tatum to help back him up, but they're just, they're just not looking well. And I, I don't know – you, you can easily point the finger at Gordon Hayward or – or uh, some of these young guys, but and then Tatum hasn't been looking quite the way he did last year, and he's the future of that team. And with Kyrie kind of not being kind of quiet in the media, saying, "Oh, I don't, I don't want to talk about re-signing right now," it's kind of putting a lot of doubt on this team. And I think everyone's just kind of putting on their headphones after the game and not talking to each other. And I think there's just zero cohesion with this team. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not going to be the guy that says it's all his fault, but, you know, looking at the numbers is interesting and looking at, you know, the, you know, the higher his shot attempts, his possession numbers, you know, usually results in them losing. And that's very interesting. But I think that, you know, I think that's a personnel um, thing, too, because he you see it over the stretch of his games and his numbers being so polarizing and and dramatic, but you also see it in the game where, you know, he'll, you know, he'll rattle off like three threes, you know, and, you know, get 11 points in like four minutes, but then he'll disappear. So yeah, he's, he's a very interesting player. I think he wears his heart on his sleeve a lot. And I think when he's excited, I think you can tell. And when he's down on the team, I think you can tell, um, and the, <clears throat> I'm going to kind of steer away from Kyrie for a second, but the even more interesting thing is, you know, we talked, uh, gosh, I guess a month ago during the trade deadline about this, you know, the Lakers and Celtics um, comparisons and rivalries are like kind of bubbling up again, but just in different ways. They're not, you know, playing in the finals, but they're being talked about and compared to each other a lot this Ingram versus Tatum thing has gotten really interesting. And so I'll ask you is, you know, is Tatum still obviously way better than Brandon Ingram? Uh, I wouldn't say obvious. I mean, Tatum has more potential. It looks like, and it, it just seems he's going through a bad stretch right now of just kind of throwing up too many shots when he should be taking it to the basket. I think he's, he just needs to relook at his game, but talent wise, I think Tatum has that uh, edge over Ingram, but, but Brandon Ingram, man, he, 
he could easily be a key asset on another team. He's just kind of overshadowed by LeBron. Even Kuzma's putting up some great numbers. And then, you know, I think Lonzo Ball's finally dying off a little bit on the Lakers hype train. But I, yeah, I, I would say Tatum. I think if Kyrie were to leave the Boston Celtics, they would be much better with with Tatum leading leading the role than Kyrie Irving. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we've I'm not going to be the guy that says Brandon Ingram's better than Tatum. We've seen Tatum play extremely well exactly when you want him to play well. So I'm not going to discount that. But I am going to prop up this fucking podcast and say a month, you know, at the trade line two months ago, we were saying, hey, I don't think it's as obvious as everyone wants to make it out and say, oh, hell no, you don't make this trade for, for the Lakers young guys for AD. Hell no, that you gotta wait. You absolutely have to wait. No, because now we're seeing, we're literally seeing Boston's assets decline. And yeah, the Lakers suck, but we're seeing their assets increase. And guess what? It's I said it a million times. It is shaping up very much that the Knicks won't get the first pick, so they won't be able to offer you freaking Zion. Kyrie's going to leave, so there's no way the Celtics put Tatum on the table. And guess what? Your Lakers package just got a little worse. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's it's almost like, and I, I love I love how funny this is, that the LA Lakers and the Boston Celtics are both just having this horrible time getting their teams to to work together. But I think they screwed each other. It's almost like they they fought back and forth too much, especially over And no 18- one won. And no one won, except, except actually they both lost, and they're <laughs> much worse now. Yeah. It's, it's insane. I I don't I can't believe it. But before we before we move on, real quick question: Is Brad Stevens on the hot seat if the Celtics decide to rebuild with Tatum? So, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say no, um, because we've seen Stevens have a lot of success without a superstar, um, and at the end of the day, like. You're, we're, a lot of people are acting like we're seeing, we're going to have to see a huge Boston Celtics rebuild. No, we're not. Even even if the Celtics decide to, you know, let someone like Rozier walk, you know, trade away like a Smart and a even maybe Tatum, like they have assets. We're, we're not talking about it from the ground up. We saw this team in the freaking, you know, making deep playoff runs last year without Kyrie or Gordon Hayward playing. So I think they could easily you know, pivot in the off season. We'll first of all, see what they can do in the playoffs, try to trade Hayward, let Kyrie walk. And I think they still have a really solid team. And I think um, Stevens is part of that because he's able to scheme those guys. Um, And, and I don't like, like Marcus Smart, Rozier, Jalen Brown. Like, I don't think these guys are role players. I think these are good young players that we're really just not getting to see them flourish because, um, a little bit because they're on a team with a, you know, ball dominant superstar, but also because he's put this huge black cloud over the team. That's almost sucked the joy um, out of playing basketball. So no, not on the hot seat. Okay. Yep. I, I agree. So I, I'm not going to add on, on, um, add on to that. So let's go on to the MVP uh, voting 
for this season. So, well, you know, I have a vote. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, if you had a vote, who would you vote for right now? Um, I actually, I, <laughs> I wish we had more Twitter followers because a week ago I tweeted a question. I actually did get a few responses, but um, I was thinking, what would what would the teams look like if Harden and Giannis switched? So what if Harden was on the Bucks and Giannis was on the Rockets? Um, because I'm a firm believer in the who wins the most valuable player award should not be who puts up the numbers. It should be without this person, that team would be a disaster. And um, so me just you know, thinking about that as, as my qualification and going with my gut, I still like Harden because we saw we saw Paul and Capella out for a long stretch and we saw him just carry that team. And yeah, it was a little lame to see him trying to go for his 30 point streak. And it's like, dude, just give it a rest. But I mean, you can't argue that he kept that team afloat. And and for me that I mean that's MVP. Um but I, I don't know if you saw the tweet. What do you what do you think if they switch teams? Do you think anything would be different? What what do you think? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, of course it'd be different. I think the Bucks are all around better team. Uh, but now that Chris Paul's back, the Rockets are starting to show a lot of uh, fight in them. You know, that's a, that's a good point. I just in in. You you brought it up, Giannis, Harden. Those are the two front runners for the MVP right now. They're the the odds keep on switching day by day on who's going to win. They're basically tied. Uh, Giannis just looks like a freak out there, hence the name. But Harden, I think Harden is having to deal with more adversity on the Rockets because he's having to put up some insane numbers just to keep the Rockets in this. And he's always done this. I mean. James Harden consistently year after year puts the team on his back. And I, I know this is new ground for Giannis, but he just basically goes to the hoop and just slams dunks the ball. And of course, if I had to pick one of these two guys first on my team, I'd pick Giannis. But the fact that James Harden is doing more for his team than Giannis is having to, because Giannis is on a better team. I think James Harden should get the slight, slight edge in this, in this voting. That's exactly how I feel. And like, I, I hate to be this guy, but Harden plays in the West and you have to count that in. Like, Oh, good point. I'm, I'm even watching the Toronto Houston game right now. And, you know, I've just literally everyone talks shit about Harden on defense. I've just watched him get two steals in like four minutes. So he's just, and they're putting the smackdown on Toronto right now. They're up 16. Now this is, you know, this is a live look. So Toronto could come back and, and, beat the shit out of them but yeah i i actually one of the one of our followers on twitter was like honestly i think both teams would be worse and i was like honestly that's probably a good take because you know the rockets have kind of formed their team around james harden and so have the bucks but um i'll take the unpopular opinion i think if harden i think the Giannis with the rockets i think might not even make the playoffs Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a hot take. Holy shit. So, oh man, I, <laughs> I, 
everyone's talking about how this Bucks this Bucks team and their 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 record is amazing right now, and we'll see what it is at the end of the year. But they're saying this Bucks team is one of the all time greatest teams in the in the regular season NBA, and I'm just like, what? So here's it's, why I say that. I say okay. that because the Bucks are a great defensive team. Part of that is because of Giannis, but part of that is scheming, coaching, and they have defensive players. I talked about um, – fuck, what's his name? All I have to do is scroll down. It's okay. I talked about uh, Brogdon you know, being like top two defensive ratings for guards, and he's on the Bucks. So they have good defensive players. Um, and then also, again, they play in the East. Um, I, literally – don't get me wrong. I think Giannis is going to be the best player in our league for a long time, but I think you put him on Houston. You have an old injured Chris Paul. You have Capella, Eric Gordon, Austin Rivers. Like, I just Giannis is amazing, but I don't think he can drag this team the way that Harden did. That and that's why I say that. No, that's a great point, and that's exactly why I'm going with I'm going with Harden for now. Uh, what I who I really want to talk about quickly before we move on, Paul George, man, if he just he is looking amazing this year, and I know he's got Russell Westbrook to back him up, and that's kind of why he's not getting, and he's in a smaller market. I, I feel like it's a little bit more of a factor, but he just looks insanely great this year. He's he he's finally back from that torn ACL that he suffered a while ago. Uh, I wish he would get more recognition in this MVP voting, but I think he's going to get third. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, he'll definitely get third. He he had like an amazing um, February, and I'm not going to lie to you, I don't watch a lot of um, Thunder games. I'm trying to find – I'm trying to pull up his stats. But I was like, you know what? Everyone's saying Paul George could win the MVP, so I'm going to watch games. So I watched – um, OKC Denver the other night um, Denver won and Paul George didn't play well and I think uh, one game before that and since that game he hasn't he hasn't played very well um, so I think he's lost a little bit of steam yeah I found it so yeah since that Denver game he actually hasn't played oh okay yeah. well He's probably just resting up for the playoff P to come out. So yeah, he had a stretch. He went, God damn, 36 points, 37 points, 43, 37, 39, 27, 45, 47. Like that is a stretch, but I, I, I think he's amazing too, but I think that was just, you know, you know, like a month long kind of flash in the pan. Like this is what he could be, but, I, I, I don't say that to discount him because if you get him in the play, if you get that Paul George in the playoffs, watch the fuck out. And he's a great defender. And um, Giannis is too, but I don't think not to the pedigree and, you know, the, but the basketball IQ uh, that Paul George can be in the playoffs. So third okay. voting, but, but yeah. I'll say this third and voting, but definitely could be a sneaky, this is an award, but playoff MVP. Yeah, so good transition. Let's talk about some playoff picks because I've kind of updated my playoff rankings since we last talked about this a couple weeks ago. So Thunder, I and, and let me go first here. I think the Thunder will make it to the finals. I I, I know the Warriors. The finals, are, finals? Yes. 
Oh. So the Warriors, they they obviously are going to be great in the playoffs. But recently, and, and this might just be the Warriors being bored. They might just be like, wow, we're so good. We're just going to like step off the gas pedal for a little bit. And then whenever we need to, we can turn it back on. I think the Thunder have looked the great have, have looked the best since the All-Star break. And I really legitimately think they could just smack Golden State in the mouth, especially in even these other teams like Denver and the Rockets. I think the Rockets are another big one to look out, but I'm just not on the Golden State train right now. What do you, what do you think about the West? Uh, yeah, so I agree. I, I think they're the, the one team to pick that could upset Golden State. They're, they are kind of on a... A little bit of a downturn they you know they lost to sacramento they lost to denver they lost to philly then they lost to the spurs and then most recently they beat memphis thank god to kind of avoid a five game losing streak but you know paul george didn't play for three of those games so and that's their best player but i you know i'm gonna I, i'm definitely agreeing with you on that one i think if anyone's gonna do it it's gonna be them i i just I think the Houston Rockets are playing great. They're seven and three in their last ten. They've won five in a row as of today. Uh, the Denver Nuggets have lost th- three in a row. I think they're losing some steam, but they're still a great team. They're very well balanced. Yeah, wait, just to interrupt you real quick. I uh, again hadn't watched a lot of Denver games either because I'm on the East Coast, um, but I watched one, the OKC one. Whoa, lot. Oh, I I was kind of all season, you know. I've been I've been watching the game highlights and watching when I can, catching up on stats. But seeing Jokic actually play, seeing it a pass first big man, um, super interesting. But I I can't remember who said it, but I def I heard it on a podcast today. But um, and this is actually more for Houston than Oklahoma City. But um, it having a big a big on your team that's offensively geared um, is kind of a defensive liability with James Harden. Um, so I think Harden's going to be able to cook Jokic, Adams, you know, all those offensive bigs, uh, Cousins. So we'll see. I, I think I think Houston has the advantage against teams that can't play small ball with them. So pretty much every team in the West playoffs except for Golden State because Golden State plays the best small ball in the league. Um so yeah, so I I might be leaning Houston a little bit. God, who knew I would be so on Houston in a podcast? I hate the Rockets. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on, man, they look good. It's all about matchups in the playoffs. Yeah, and they I just think they match up well against these top dogs. So let's move on real quick because I do I do want to do more of a playoff uh, talk in the late in the next pod. But for now, yeah, here's my, here's my E sleeper. Okay, the, Bro- the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, I. Well, your Brooklyn Nets just killed the shit out of our Dallas Mavs. So. God, yeah. So it's it's interesting. Um, they're on a little bit of a – before that game, they were on kind of a losing streak three in a row. But what what's happened is Karis LeVert came back from injury finally. And before he got hurt, he was playing at an all-star level. I got to see him a few times. He was incredible. And so now the, they're kind of uh, – D'Angelo Russell was just killing it before Levert came back. Like, I think in the month of February, he was averaging close to 30 or maybe around 30. Um, but now with Levert, a, a, a guy that, de- you know, demands volume, they're, they're trying to figure out. But 
if they can get some favorable matchups, I'm I'm going to say it. I could see Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference Finals. I think if I, I, they could if they could score a first round matchup with Boston or uh, the Pacers, and then if somehow they get one of those teams in the second round, or even if they get Philly in the second round, I think they could I I think they could take Philly to seven, and then I think they could easily beat the Pacers or the Celtics. Okay, so that's your dark horse team. Let me oh, give yeah. you mine because I I wasn't sold on them until recently, but. The Detroit. Oh, dear God. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. So they're on a hot streak, obviously. So this might be recency bias, but they're eight and two in their last 10. Uh, Reggie Jackson is playing way better than he was earlier in the season. Blake Griffin is honestly acting like a leader on this team. He is he is calling guys out, not in a bad way like Kyrie Irving would or LeBron James does, but he's calling guys out in in giving him a kick in the ass and saying, Hey, we need to play better. He's really taking on this leadership role in, in Detroit. And I love it. And Andre Drummond's, you know, getting rebounds like he always does. He's playing uh, pretty well as well. So I think I, I'm not saying that they're going to go far, but they could potentially upset the first round team that they play against. Uh, uh, Milwaukee. <laughs> no fucking way. No, no, they don't play. They're, 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 they're a six seed right now. So they, oh, would they play, are. Wow. They played the 76ers. Mm, yeah, that could be interesting. I mean, I love Blake Griffin. I've always loved Blake Griffin. Um, you know, he's he's I think he's earned everyone's respect from uh, from the league because, you know, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, he's just a high-flying dunker." Um, and he just grinded and just improved different aspects of his game every year. He came back with another piece and he has an extremely well-rounded game whether it's, you know, working from the posts, um, as a passer, even now as a shooter, he's he's really rounded out his game. So he's dedicated. I love him. I would kill for him on the Mavericks. So any success they have in the playoffs, I, I I'd be really excited. Yeah, and and I know we're talking about these these potential upsets, but let's be honest. Milwaukee looks amazing. Toronto Raptors look amazing. The 76ers can go on a run. <sighs> But the, yeah. the East, I feel like the East is a little bit more interesting this year in the Definitely. playoffs. So I think there's going to be some really good round one matchups. Yep. Agreed. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. Just to tie a bow on that. I, I you know, I, I think it's Milwaukee's, even though a few weeks ago I said the 76ers, but they just can't string string together a streak. Yep. Okay. So let's, let's wrap this pot up with some Mavs talk. Our beloved horrible Mavericks. I know. I mean, it's it's a farewell tour for Dirk. I I had high aspirations that we'd somehow make the playoffs this year, but that looks long gone. I'll it's tell you what, just... though. Okay. If 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 we are truly in in tank mode, man, giving Dirk forty minutes a night or whatever is just genius. It's two birds, one stone. You know, you're like, hey, we love you, man. We just want to see you break records and you know catch these point totals but also we're trying to lose games so we're going to play you uh you know a shit ton did you did you see that viral video all over twitter of the uh old ladies playing basketball the the splash sisters no i haven't what's it i I didn't i didn't want to tweet it because i love dirk with my whole heart but i couldn't help but think you know watching that video i'm like yeah that's uh, pretty much Dirk out there these days. The Splash Sisters could uh, acquire Dirk and compete for a dynasty in the 
plus 80 year old league, but yeah, it's, it's been rough. It's been rough to just get pounded by Memphis. I like Brooklyn's fine. Like they're a good team and they've been a good team, but Memphis. Ugh. Yeah, it was not. A, yeah. And you're right. Just throw Dirk out there. He's 58 points away from passing uh, Will Chamberlain. So it's, he's going to get it here soon. And I'm going to try to go to the game that he passes it. Uh, I think he, if he gets around, you know, 10 points per game, he should, he should get it when he's at home against Cleveland or New Orleans. So I, I'm going to try my best to go to that game. But I, oh, yeah. I, from that shooting performance he just had against the Nets where he went like, Oh, or one for 11 or something like that. <laughs> it was, it was brutal to watch. So I, I know he hasn't, technically said he's going to retire yet but after that kind of game i would be like man you gotta put up the laces so so if two things one uh carlisle had a closed door meeting with the players and when asked what he talked about he said it was private so people are speculating that they're in you know full tank mode so if we are in full tank mode here here are some numbers that i uncovered right now we're sitting at eighth eighth worst record in the NBA, um, which gives, because of the reworking in the lottery, it gives us a 26.2% chance to keep our pick, which would be one through four. Um, And the reason why I think that's great is because most scouting reports are saying, you know, top five players, really solid players, but five to 20 are pretty much the same. So for me, I I love that that's the draft class because essentially that means if we keep our pick, we we're going to get a really good player, and if we don't, Atlanta's going to get, at, you know, an above average player. So I think this is it's a perfect scenario for us. Um, but the the really interesting thing, if we are tanking, is we're only three losses away from overtaking Memphis Memphis for the sixth worst record. And we have two games in hand, which means we they've played two more games than us. So the sixth worst record is pretty attainable. And if we get there, we have a 37% chance to keep our pick. And I'll even say this. I will guarantee you, Mayor, I will guarantee you, uh-huh. if we send Luka Doncic to that draft lottery for us to be our representative, we will get that pick. <laughs> Oh my gosh! This Luca magic. They will do that. They will totally do that. Or him, or or Porzingis, but probably Luca though. Like it's it's totally possible. And here you can hear the conspiracy theories coming out of oh they're gonna do that and they're gonna get the Mavs their pick back even though it's it's not rigged. Blah blah blah. That's it's it's definitely possible. I don't want to see him tank mainly because I have money that the Mavs will win at least 35 games this season, which doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yikes. So, yikes. Yeah, well, I made that in the beginning of the of the season, so I thought we were going to be good. But that was before I knew Luka was going to be Luka, so I think it came out pretty well. Well, and All we right. traded like our whole team, so <laughs> I won't fault you for that. Yeah, ugh, we did. All right, so – and then you, you had one last note here. What is this about, Powell? Oh, uh. Well, yeah, you. Uh, I think you brought up before that we're still a little short of that max slot, eight million. But uh, I am, I'm hoping, because 
I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we're giving Powell a ton of minutes. And he's playing pretty pretty all right, which, you know, I think is we talked about it last week, but it's a little inflated because he's playing with Luka Doncic. Um, and he's getting a ton of shots that I don't think he would get at literally any other team. But my new secret hope is that we are make, we are purposefully letting Dwight look a lot better than he actually is so that he opts out of his contract because uh, he has a player option. Um, and, you know, months ago it was like, oh, yeah, Barnes. Powell, they're both going to take their option because they want to get paid and they know they won't get that money in the open market. Well, if teams are just looking at Powell's numbers in the last two months of the season, he might be able to get that money. So if he does that, then that helps us out big time. Yeah, I mean, he did make five threes last game, which is pretty incredible. And plus, I hear in practice, Dwight Powell just chunks up threes and, and swishes them every time. But in the actual game, he just can't make them. But uh, that's a good point. I think they are trying to make him look better and, and make himself feel better. And he'll just be like, screw this. I'm out of here. And he opts yeah, I out. I, uh, I don't love going into next year saying, okay, Kristaps' front court partner will either be Powell or Maxi. Love them both, but I just don't think that's an elite partner for Kristaps. Yeah. And, and, and nowadays in the NBA uh, – today it's all just a massive shuffle during the summer and so just because we're getting rid of these guys or, or saying goodbye to them or we might even resign them it's just it's all going to come to fruition this summer when our team's going to look probably a lot different than it is now and it's just kind of how we have that cap space we have a lot of cap space so i think we can go out get some key players especially ones that can fit around luca and porzingis the way that they play and I think next year is going to look pretty well. I'll say it now while we're recording so I can go back and be like, oh, I was right because <clears throat> I'm always right. Oh, yeah. I think we'll put in offer sheet to Rozier. I think we'll put in an offer, an offer sheet to Brogdon. I think we will try. I'm not going to guarantee that we will succeed, but we'll try to sign Randall. And that's it. Those are my those are my predictions. Nice. <clears throat> book book those predictions. I'll I'll make some predictions uh later on in the season when we get closer to free agency. But we're we're all about making big moves and big predictions here on From Distance. So thanks guys for joining us. Uh we'll try to keep it condensed like we always do and bring you the latest news and the latest highlights and thanks for listening rate subscribe continue to listen we're growing we're getting tweet bigger us. Tell tweet us, us how we suck and how we can get better brandon's running the twitter so give him a hard time please or just totally. like just tell him that he's wrong or tell him that he's right i don't give a shit some but guy from orlando told me dallas sucked the other day it was great i love it i fucking love it bring the energy i want to i just want to like talk shit i love this so thanks guys for joining See you next week. Peace.